What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber, the New York Stock Exchange. Final trading day of October. It's going to be some tougher sledding as Apple and Amazon miss on revenue. S&P still aiming, though, for its best month in almost a year. Core PCE deflator year on year is actually a shade light, but it's still at a 30-year high. Our roadmap begins with a drag on big tech. Amazon and Apple are going to warn of supply chain issues. Shares for both moving sharply lower ahead of the open. Plus, going meta, Facebook officially changing its company name as it shifts its focus to the metaverse. And big oil's climate change pivot, Chevron and Exxon, with results profits boosted amid the surge in energy prices. Apple's going to be the lead, though, uh, this morning, as uh, they do have that revenue miss, uh, first time since May of 2017. Supply chain cost them $6 billion, Jim, and you talked to Tim Cook last night. Yeah, look, I, my... Uh First of all, it was, it was an amazing quarter. So let's not get let, let, let's not lose the forest of the trees. They sold a huge amount of product. The numbers are very big over last year. Uh, second, you'd like to think that Apple's so powerful that they are not that they're immune from these supply chain problems. But it was the lower end chips that people just weren't ready to make them. So it then leads me to the conclusion that uh, the only that I'm willing to say that there is uh, no problem with 2023. But then uh, Tim Cook said that it could worsen the supply chain. And then the, he used the word perishable in the conference call. And that was the first time it, it, it was uh, it was fr- it, it just had trepidation, because if you wanted to give uh, for Christmas, for holidays, uh, something Apple, it may not be there. So then you may substitute and you have to hope that those people then come back. But it was uh, I am not going to call it a bad quarter. The analysts, there's some analysts who really, really don't like like Rod Hall over it. We're going to talk to him later and, this morning. Oh, okay. Well, you know, he, look, he has every right to be able to say whatever he wants because it's, it's the metaverse. But I do know that he said that there's issues about demand. And I just have to just point blank say I don't see those issues, especially after I had, you know, I, Josh and I do talk talk with, with Apple. I mean, I, I, I did, it was one of those conversations, a good conversation with uh, Luca Maestri and, and Tim, the CFO, and I know that I was like, yeah, I wanted to hear that there was a way that they could get these chips. But it's the same problem everybody else has. I, somehow, I don't know why I thought that Apple was. Well, you thought they were going to because yes, they had. Because they had avoided right. it. But they have so much demand. Right. And the chip companies just can't, they just can't keep up. Remember, it's not the hyperscale chips. It's the lower end chips. Mm-hmm. And I had, a, I had just analogized PPG on Michael McGarry earlier this week, and he said, here's what happens. You have, you have, say, 20 parts that go into paint, and 19 are there, but one isn't. You can't make the paint. Yep. I almost felt like if we had to go at an Apple facility, we would hear, listen, we have all 420 except for one. Well, and then we can't make it, and that's what's happened. Yeah. Um, 
It's kind of like, you know, when the car makers say, well, we can do without the digital fuel gauge, but it's a different story in exactly. phones. Uh, to Jim's point about the demand picture, though, it's something that Cook did address last night. Take a listen. For this quarter, we think that the primary uh, cause of supply chain uh, related shortages will, will be the chip shortage. Uh, it'll affect uh, I, uh, it's, it is affecting, I should say, pretty much m most of our products currently. Uh, and, but, uh, but from a demand point of view, uh, demand is very robust. And so part of this is that demand also is very strong. But we believe that by the time we finish the quarter that the constraints will be larger than the, the $6 billion that we experienced in Q4. So that wasn't good. But December revenue still up year on year. Yes. And look, it was a gigantic quarter. If we if if it weren't for supply chain shortage, we are we have that six billion. You would have the seven hundred and forty five million subs. Now, that's up gigantic, about one hundred sixty million. And I was trying to get to, to Tim Cook. I said, listen, you run through enough Ted Lasso's and you start getting a lot of more subscriptions. But I did say that it. You know, you, they gave us a little lead tasso instead of Ted Lasso having to make joke about the fact that they have tremendous opportunity to make a lot of content. Um, it, it kind of fell flat. Uh, but I, I do I really want to emphasize that it was a great quarter. It, it, it just it was just almost too great. They couldn't get the chips. And David, if you were at one of these factories where you, where you couldn't make the chips, believe me, you're working 24 seven. It's not like some of you like, hey, well, it's the ports where there were actually seven cranes working on Saturday. Um, yeah, listen, I continue to come back to just the size of these businesses. I know yes. I'm a broken record on it, but uh, that Google quarter, $65 billion with $21 billion in profit, th these numbers, but don't you think, and, what are we talking, no. 360 Don't you think it's interesting that Microsoft is now the biggest and they have the least supply chain problems? Yes, they do. They for do. any number of reasons. I mean, right. it was not a lot of supply chain and software. But if you uh, obviously for games, maybe, you know, for Xbox. But right. But $366 billion in revenue for this company. Just, to, which just, just think, I mean, for Apple no. and the profitability. Oh, no. for, I mean, the profitability is incredible. It's almost $100 billion Look, a year. The, almost $100 no, billion. I mean, that's why I, I come back to I know. $191 billion in cash still. I know. People I, are going to say it's bad. I, I say own Apple, don't trade it. Because I've never seen demand for, remember, it's all across. Everything they produce is selling well. And I really want to challenge the people who say that there's a demand issue because I've never seen a company have product that everybody wanted. It's just more people want the product than they can they make. Do. But, but a, the, what the a fact high end is problem. that both Apple and Amazon are reflecting many of the challenges that we talk about here every day, whether it's supply chain constraints, whether it's a labor shortage, which well, you, of course, talked about yesterday quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and we saw that with Amazon, well, I mean, which is on which has added, by the way, as we moved to Amazon, more employees over the last 18 months than probably any well, company has well, in the and history what are they of, of corporate America. Yeah, and it's truck drivers. They need more truck drivers, paying them, you know, paying all these workers $18 an hour. They still made a lot of money. Uh, by the way, Amazon Web Services Reaccelerated. Re that was very important. It Advertising, is. yeah, reaccelerated yeah. rather dramatically, actually. Advertising mentioned a couple times, David. I know you're focused on that in uh, as, as additional revenue stream, and, and I felt it, great it's about that. Which a makes very me significant revenue stream. Very I mean, significant. The growth of Amazon Web Services, obviously, we talk about a lot, but advertising on these last couple of years, they have made, and they're very, very high profit margin businesses. Yes. Unlike 
the core retail. But there's a moment, I had Prologis on this week, which is the largest warehouse company in the world. And they talked about in order to get the product so you have it so-called last mile, so you get it next day from Prime, you have to build warehouses that go high. You you can't do those warehouses in the country anymore. You have to do basically skyscraper warehouses. And the technology inside costs a fortune Hmm. in order to deliver See, I think, in my takeaway on Amazon is, if, if I were uh, Jassy, which, by the way, I'm not, because he's a giant fan, and I think that the Chiefs take it to him on Monday, <laughs> but I would say, point blank, we've got to raise Prime. We've got to raise the cost of Prime. Really? Well, uh, there is a story out this morning that if you're ordering Whole Foods on Prime, you're getting hit starting this week with 9.95 delivery fee, That's which is new. They also say, look, we like the hybrid model. I did not want to hear that. I don't like the hybrid model because I don't own Amazon because it's not hybrid. Uh, I do like the stores that don't have any people, but I always end up finding that one guy. say, listen, I'm, you know, 98 years old. How do I get out of here? I can't. But uh, I don't. What I wanted to hear for them, and I didn't, is that somehow they have no problem with the trucks, even though everybody else has. Everyone is. I mean, no one figured it out except for. Uh, uh, Best Buy. They saw it coming. They had invested right. a fortune in supply chain. People hated how much they spent. Corey Barrett, they hated what she did. And it turned out she's the hero of this year. Um, Amazon adding $2 billion in cost and <sighs> citing in the call steel. I steel. did point we're, blank we're, mention steel. steel. We're going to talk about X which, later uh, on. Uh, which is point blank obviously related steel. to building those warehouses that, that Jim was just talking about and third-party trucking. Uh, Don't you think and, it's amazing how much money they and did make? And labor, labor is the primary capacity constraint. Well, They're looking to hire an additional 150,000 people. What are they going to do? Where? They've added 628,000 employees over the last 18 months. Just, again, back to the size of these businesses. Uh, not They've since, added 628,000 employees in 18 months. They're so looking for another 150,000. And the fact that they're not going to be able to find them as quickly as they want is the primary constraint in their business. They want to find more people than General Marshall did. Uh, in the year before World War II. I mean, honestly, you can't. Like, you need a dra- Right. I've got an idea. Mm. You need a draft. A dra- national a draft. National draft for Amazon. mandatory Amazon service. Yes, mandatory Amazon. You know, one you get year. Out of college, you right? spend a year Yeah, on you have to work yeah, at Amazon. That's, that's you- great. That's for national service. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's oh, national yeah. service. Oh, yeah. It's the only way that Jassy's going to get the people is to have a draft. Well, soon we're not going to have to worry because we'll all be in the metaverse. Everything will be perfect there, but we'll get to that in a minute. So, but but, uh, to to your larger point, it sounds like you are less eager to snap up Amazon than you are Apple. Oh, Apple's much better than Amazon. I mean, Amazon has structurally gotten too big to be able to be able to deliver what Prime does without costing too much. It's just because there's just you have to find warehouses where people are. You cannot proverbially place the warehouse somewhere in the middle of I-95. You have to do it close. And for do that, I mean, Brian, the CFO, he has got to raise price because it's just too costly. Raising wages, too. I mean, again, what's interesting about both of these reports is they encapsulate so many of the different pressures we talk about all the time at the highest level now. Uh, Although Amazon operating margin goes from 4.7 to 1.3. No, yeah. Apple Apple margins were right in line. Yeah, they no, were very strong. Look, I think if you go but, and I, I get, listen. I'm talking I, about wages, though, Carl. I mean, again, here, well, Amazon's t- wages, where, where are they now? They A billion of inflationary pressure, 18 bucks an hour. And then we're going to talk to Starbucks later. They 
told us in December of 2020 they're raising wages. It's now happening. Right. They're going to be at 17 bucks an but hour by the summer. It was a reset year. The algorithms are going to go underneath the traditional algorithm. Can I point out that neither Microsoft nor Facebook, actually, or, or Alphabet, have hiring problems. They have too many people trying to get. It is still incredibly hard to get a Facebook job. Seven different. Uh, well, those are very seven different, different jobs views. than the ones we're describing. No, no, right. But I'm saying, why are those companies going to get a higher price earnings multiple? Because there's multiple people trying to get a job at Facebook. I mean, because they are lucrative to begin with. You know, a friend of mine got oh, got through the Facebook gauntlet. It's called Meta now. Okay, please. Okay, Meta. Yeah. Uh, don't make fun of that because I'm going to go hard on you. Um, I am. I'm going to go hard on you. I'm, Hard on me? Yeah. What does that even mean? It means I'm going to be as tough as nails. On me about what? About the meta. Don't don't mess with the meta. Have Jim I, is, have I, have I not? I, I, we talked about you, the meta on this, Tuesday. Did you, you not want to be in the surfing seat? In the surfing seat. I was right? the first person How to about point the surfing out the $10 seat? billion dollars in costs. I'll come the, back to the it's $10 the, billion over multiple years. It's going to be reality land. don't you want to surf like he did? Mark Zuckerberg and the meta in the new universe we're all going to be living in, I just am a little, um, just well, when we call get, me a little concerned. When we get, when we get to it, I'll, I'll explain to you why what he says should not be listened to, because he's old. <laughs> Who's old? You're, you are definitely constructive. On the platform, oh, maybe the not platform the Facebook so part, excited. but the platform. The platform's sure. so exciting. Oh, my. Uh, as David mentioned as well, we're going to talk to Starbucks. Uh, shares going to open down about 5.5% on the impact of China and, of course, the labor pressure. Kevin Johnson will join us live. Uh, we will talk about U.S. Steel, going to open up almost 12%. And, of course, Exxon Chevron. More Squawk in the Street in a minute. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big-picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. It's time for us to adopt a new company brand to encompass everything that we do. To reflect who we are and what we hope to build, I am proud to announce that starting today, our company is now Meta. That's Mark Zuckerberg yesterday making the case for changing Facebook's corporate name to Meta. Stock's going to trade under MVRS beginning on December 1. Really interesting note from Jim last night in the investing club about whether you buy this and what what the platform or the notion brings to education and family right. reunions over time. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it's a platform. I mean, people think the metaverse, what are you doing? We're all going to be writing for the metaverse if, we have, if we're handy enough. Here's what's going on. Uh, what he emphasized, what Mark emphasized, was that there's going to be, you can do your storefront and you can try on clothes and you can have your spouse look at you to see how you look with try on clothes. Uh, you can obviously learn. 
Uh, he did not emphasize, by the way, you could learn from people like Beethoven from music, but you can do that. And then, of course, a lot of it was about gaming. And so what I suggest that people do who are not gamers, talk to a gamer. Because to be in Grand Theft Auto means, or to be in one of the, the like my daughter said, Dad, I want to be in the shooter games. I will be in the shooter games. And like, I'm, you know, this is a chance to capture the 21 to 31. The education, I thought, was extraordinary to be able to go and learn in a much better way than in the classroom. Uh, I think you raised during the break. I mean, I, I thought that when Mark Zuckerberg was surfing, I said, I'd like to surf. But I, you know, my daughter said, Dad, you may be too old to be in there because you might not have the stability. I thought it was kind of interesting. But this scene is fantastic. And I love playing cards and going to a concert that, uh, and the after party. These are things that I just thought were right. wondrous. And I'm not cynical. There were people on Twitter the moment like this ended when some who didn't even wait well, who said that's a, that's getting a token. I mean, from a from an investment standpoint, they uh, as we of course found out earlier this week and then reported earnings, they spent 10 billion or will roughly this year. Uh, it's only most likely going to go higher. When I asked you what that was being spent on, you said uh, largely software engineers. Well, they, they're going to spend a lot. Uh, I mean, it's, an, it's a, a significant expense for this company over the next, let's call it, five years for a potential payoff later in the decade, as Zuckerberg told us earlier this week. Right. Um, hard for companies like this to have second acts. Some do. I mean, Apple is most famous, but it doesn't often happen well, that so, you get it right the second time as well. Do you think that, um, that when Google changed its name to Alphabet, it, caused, it made it, you think that it was more than just search? Yeah, except to me, I mean, right now, Google's still search. I mean, search is the product. Search is what delivered almost all of the profits from the quarter they just reported. Uh, but he sees this as a real profit opportunity over time, it, it clearly can... later again in the decade. Where it all goes, Jim, I mean, eventually it feels like it's going to be the Matrix. Well, you know, I said you that while you watched I mean, my show last night. No. It's, I said that I didn't it, it's the Matrix. Oh. Red Pill, Blue Pill, yeah. Watching, what I guess that's watching, going around. Watching the I was, African News. I, I, was, I actually I'm, started watching the Knicks because they're worth okay, watching. Well, yeah. All right, well, in the metaverse, they, they have a perfect record. Okay, so Jenny... <laughs> You can make that happen. I could be seven feet tall. Or you could play, Uh, yes. My daughter said, Dad, I can go to a concert without having to deal with the crowds. Uh, Jensen Wong is the guy who has that other educational aspect, which is to say, uh, he's a good player, by the way, Metal World Peace. He's CEO of NVIDIA that has done the the chip for it. Uh, I think that ultimately, as I talked to Zev Fima from the Investment Club and, and Jeff Marks, lonely people of which there are many, and I don't want to, I'm, I know, David, I'm a dollar sign represented by a man, yes. but lonely people, this may be the answer. My daughter has worked in the suicide field, and, you know, people who commit suicide, teach commit suicide, it's, a lot of it's because they're lonely, obviously they're angry or sad, but this is something to plug into. I also think, like, my wife goes to, she's like a snowbird now. Yeah, you get older, you snowbird, and go for the, what is the thing, the special early bird special. Oh, yeah. And I want to play Rummy Cube. Well, you know, Mark shows you how yeah, easy you it is to play Rummy Cube. I mean, nobody's going to ever leave their home. I don't know what it's going to mean no, for, they, uh, by for, the way, for cities I, where I people to him, live to I, actually be closer to each other well, so they can get together. Now you don't need to. I, 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 I said to him that, that there's a lower carbon emissions angle that he didn't even talk well, about. Well, he mentioned it in his letter. He did no, talk about No, but I'm saying carbon. that he should And there was safety was mentioned high. Um, now, Mark, Zucker, Mark Zuckerberg is still being challenged by Mark Benioff, who says that safety isn't. But 
I like the brand. The track record that Facebook has in terms of safety and other areas does put into question at least what the metaverse will be like. He did say the last few years have been humbling. Yeah, I look, I, I, I he said a lot of the things that I wanted that I was always hoping he would say. Okay. See you there. Yeah, as we think of a new acronym for for Fang, uh, I think Amama. Amama. I had to drop Netflix. Netflix is a three hundred billion dollar company. That's the same size as Mastercard. I'm not going to make that a mama mama. <laughs> That's what YouTube's valued at, roughly. Yeah. When we come back, uh, Kramer's mad dash. Don't go away. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. Like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. All right, we talked uh, earlier about steel when it came to Amazon saying the cost of it is contributing to higher costs than they'd yes. anticipated. That gets you to the mad dash. There was an amazing analyst. It was on a few years ago. His name was Hyman Roth. Remember Hyman Roth? I do, yes. And he said that their business was bigger than U.S. Steel. And their business, of course, was nefarious. And I'm referring to the godfather. Uh, but, David, U.S. Steel reinstated a buyback, a dividend, a buyback and a dividend. Now, we know the old days, if I had a much longer chart, there was you could see that U.S. Steel is obviously an icon of America. It's also a very small company, market now, cap-wise. Well, but I do want to point, there we go. I want to point out Oof. that basically the, the price takers, the, price, the guys who can raise price, it's just a field day. And steel, I put this up because of what you said about Amazon. I was struck that they that they actually pointed out steel costs. Yeah. Think about when was the last time that steel costs were an issue? And the biggest the big issue is uh, you know, if you look at Newcore, which my Chapel Trust owns, right now people are looking for twenty two dollars this year, ten dollars next year. But when I speak to these CEOs, they think that there's no end to the rise in the price of steel. Why? Uh, demand is strong, and we kept out. The uh, you can't dump here, anymore. Mm-hmm. so it's a halcyon time for the steel industry. All right, and it hasn't been for a long time. Yeah, it's not since 1963 when President Kennedy called out 6263 Bethlehem Steel for having the nine of the top ten paid seat, uh, executives in America. Hmm. That's something. That is. Yeah. Wow. Uh, all right, we got a lot more for you, of course, an opening bell is about four minutes away. We're going to also have uh, Starbucks CEO Kevin Johnson join us. Keep it here. Royal Caribbean, uh, wider than expected loss, but some pretty bullish language surrounding bookings. They do say, Jim, they see positive cash flow by spring, profitable for all of next year. Uh, sailings are at the high end of the historical range. Uh, as the quote goes, as cases have come down, demand has come surging back. Yeah, I mean, Arnold Donald, quite a bit, I was at a dinner last week, and he's kind of chided me for liking, the, you know, liking Frank the real Norwegian. Uh, they're doing better, too. And I really think that this is an industry that has recovered to the point where uh, if you think travel and leisure is going to come back, they've now come down to the point of Royal Caribbean, big secondary, much higher, uh, that you might want to take a take a look at them. I have felt that it's air travel that I like more, uh, and I like uh, UAL. But these, these companies survived. 
and they're going to thrive because it turns out, yes, people, great bargaining, great bargaining. Meanwhile, daily vaccinations in this country, 1.6 million yesterday. It was almost half of that a week ago, and it's the highest since May. As boosters and requirements at the city level, state level, uh, city group now with a LinkedIn post going to make it require the first bank to make it a mandatory. Well, I think that if you combine people saying, listen, you got to go back to work with uh, the idea that uh, people are getting vaccinated. I think that, by the way, uh, the, the edict that if you have contracts with the government, you got to have everybody vaccinated. That's got a lot of, because that comes in the yeah. first week of December. That's got a lot of CEOs very well. Very true. At the big board today, it's employment screening company Higher Right celebrating an IPO at the NASDAQ, online education provider Udemy also celebrating an IPO. One thing, Jim, people pointed out was if you were really going to go go short on some of the big tech names, do you take a cautionary lesson from what happened to Shopify yesterday, for example, and that uh, reversal? I think that there are buyers lurking for these companies everywhere, and they just have it. I'll give you another one, Affirm. It just doesn't matter what's said. People have decided that Affirm... Shopify, that these companies, it's really irrelevant what they're saying now. They're obviously, they have, a, they have a roadmap. And David, if you have a roadmap, people just say, you know what, I'm willing to ride it out. I still like the big cap techs because, particularly, I like Microsoft this quarter. I like, no, the reason I say is because they're so profitable. It's extraordinary. Extraordinary. Yeah. It's really amazing. Microsoft is so. I mean, go back to Microsoft's quarter. It was. I, mean, I, I can't. I can't even fathom. The numbers are enormous. We we talk about that. They represent. Well, I mean, you know, in and of themselves, they represent what twenty five percent. Apple and Microsoft. You know, twenty five percent of. I mean, you go through the numbers. What what they mean in terms of just a percent of GDP alone. It's incredible. And by, um, by the these way, companies look, are I mean, so large. By the way, Microsoft, uh, I think, may have eclipsed Apple yes, now as the most valuable company. It's just but look at Apple. Sort of Apple's that barely down. Race that we like to keep an eye on in terms of overall market value. But again, they're I mean, both at around two point four trillion dollars. I mean, you um, know, people reckon and, people are giving Apple the pass that I thought they would, and I want to really. I mean, Apple's barely down. I really want to hear about this demand challenge. Now, I am surprised that the people who don't just say, you know what, I want to get in, I want to get out. I made a big gain. Uh, on yeah. anything that has a chip shortage problem. I think this chip shortage, Tim, when Tim Cook said it could get worse, that to me was, that was the thing. I went, <gasps> I mean, because I was hoping that we were at the bottom of it. I mean, but is it a, can you extrapolate it, or is the demand picture at Apple so strong that naturally they're going to have a, a bigger pinch from well, supply? The question is, who wants to make these lower-end chips? The, you know, the dollar, two-dollar chips, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of vig in making the chips that people need. And that's why I think, and Tim Cook referenced it, we need this chips act. Right. We, we, we really do need it. It's a national issue. It's a national crisis. Um, guys, I want to get to ExxonMobil uh, because, uh, you know, it was once the largest market cap or right up there. In, in 2013. In 2013 it was yeah, large. not even that many years ago. $250 billion is is not nothing. Uh, or $274 billion, excuse me. But um, the company did report earnings. You can see the stock, of course, has had a very strong run this year. We've talked a good amount about it. But also in the midst of this incredibly consequential transformation of the company, uh, under pressure it had been previously from shareholders, a reconstituted board of directors, had a very good quarter. 
Uh, not unexpected, perhaps, because uh, we all know the price no, of oil you, and chemicals and so many you, other you things. You can't mention You have to talk about Mike Worth and Chevron. You're a very good quarter. Well, I want to spend a little time on ExxonMobil because I know I'm, you I'm, love Chevron. I'm fine. And I know you favor that over Exxon. Exxon did increase the dividend. It sort of seems a lot more right. secure. They've reduced their debt as well. But really, with a focus, Jim, for both of these companies is on their plans to continue to lower their carbon intensity. Right. Um, Exxon saying they're ahead of prior emission intensity reduction plans, and they go on to tell us that they will announce more aggressive emission reduction plans later this year. So we want to keep an eye on that. Chevron did not be important. And Chevron, Chevron did already up to Sandy, though. They went from three billion they did. to ten billion. Now, as for Exxon, they plan to spend fifteen billion over the next five years. Okay. Uh, and of course, they do have those carbon capture sequestration projects in development. And we are going to get an update as well on their, uh, they've already hit a lot of their goals for 2025. So, you know, they all were in front of Congress yesterday. Um, Not as many headlines from that as you might have anticipated. Perhaps if they'd been in in person, maybe there would have been a bit more drama. But AOC wanted uh, Mike Worth to resign. Um, I spoke to Mike. I said, please don't resign. It could hurt the stock. Yeah. And and Chevron, uh, to your point, Jim, and I'll let you reported very strong numbers as well. Again, they also can use the increased earnings and cash flow right now uh, to increase spending on reducing carbon. Yeah, but uh, and that, by the way, to BP, or how about, David, you've got to get all over the Shell situation, because Shell really is disorganized. There are a lot of issues. And so Loeb, the activists, may be right to pick on Shell. They're, they're very mismanaged, I think. Yeah. Uh, Shell midstream should not be right. That was the story the other day in terms That's of third point there. potential potential split in the company. But that's yeah. Exxon this morning. We we will continue to focus on this because it I think is you have to. This an incredible is transformation of these of these monumentally important businesses in the world. Now they still have to obviously meet the demand that's out there uh, as well. And you know uh, Darren Woods talked about that. I think we may have it earlier on Squawk Box. Take a listen. How do you strike the balance between continuing to meet the needs of societies around the world with today's uh, energy system, one that billions of people rely on, while society tries to uh, uh, or evolves into a lower uh, carbon emissions uh, future? I think that balance is critical. If you're not investing, your, your supplies are declining. And we're feeling that now, particularly as the demand is picked back up again. Sort of that sums it up, right? Oh, Mike Worth and Chevron invested big, particularly in 2016, when they did when all in Gulf of Mexico, and they have they have you know they're doing about three million, a little more than three million a day, but Kazakhstan, in within the next year, is going to produce one million. This is a project that they've worked on a long time, one million uh, barrels a day, right. which is really rather amazing. We get a couple hundred thousand more from Gulf of Mexico, but what's what I really like about Chevron is it's got actual growth. It's got a dividend aristocrat record, continue to raise the dividend. It's got a very big buyback. And I think that this is the growth stock that people at home should own. It's, uh, it, it is a very inexpensive growth stock. He talked with Mike about it, the idea that maybe it could go up 40, 50 percent just because it's the most investable. In the group. By the way, WTI is on pace for its finally a weekly decline after about eight or nine weeks well, the, to the upside. You brought that up because this quarter was based on 60 to 70 oil. Yeah. So you can imagine what the next quarter is going to be like. Rather, rather amazing. Well, let's, uh, you know, 
Want to get to Starbucks? There's some winners and losers today, so we've yeah. got to get to one that I have always felt is a long-term winner, and that's Starbucks, which is down $8. Uh, it's under pressure this morning, and there are a lot of reasons. Some of it is labor, some of it is supply chain, some of it is a resurgence in COVID in China. But we really got to get to the bottom of it, and there's nobody better to get to the bottom of it than speaking to Kevin Johnson. Kevin, good morning. Good morning. All right, Kevin, let's get right to it. Uh, There were many things on this quarter that made people, the analysts, believe that the growth is gone or at least taking a very big pause. So can you make the case for if growth is taking a pause, which, by the way, was mentioned on the call, there's a reason to buy the stock right here? Yeah, well, Jim, first of all, we had a fantastic quarter in the face of uh, the Delta variant. You think about it. This was a record Q4 for the company. It was a record fiscal year 21. We grew revenue this last fiscal year at uh, 20, 24%, which is faster than the addressable market of coffee. So we are taking market share in all things coffee. And we did that in the face of COVID restrictions that were uh, implemented city by city, state by state, and market by market related to Delta variant. We did it in the face of a global supply chain dislocation. And we did it in the face of inflationary pressures. And so I think we, we posted a very, very strong performance, and we are taking market share. I think that's an important point to take away from this last quarter and the last fiscal but, year. But, but Kevin, uh, your, your CFO talked, spent a lot of time talking about how the so-called algorithm, which I know is hard for people at home to understand, that you have to go lower, that there's going to be a pause in 2022, fiscal year 2022, and people just have to adopt that. You do announce the very good buyback. But things aren't going to really refresh till 2023, so there is a bit of a gulf. And I will say that what you may have done in the past is not going to happen in 2022 by your company's own admission. Well, Jim, think about this. We Our long-term growth model is to deliver double-digit EPS growth at scale. And we committed to delivering at least double-digit EPS growth in this fiscal year 22. So don't be confused by that. I think what people react to is we just made a significant strategic investment in our partners. And so why did we do that? We did that because throughout the 50-year history of Starbucks, we know that when we invest in our partners, they in turn rise to the occasion and they take care of our customers and create that great Starbucks experience that we all expect. This is the inflection point. This is the moment for that investment. Why? Consumer mobility is increasing. As consumer mobility is increasing, we want to make sure that we are capturing significant market share of customer visits to away from home coffee. And if we capture that market share, that market share is permanent. It's not transitory. This is a moment to invest in our partners, to serve our customers, capture that market share. And if you look at the numbers, that fundamentally will increase the terminal value of Starbucks. And we're so confident in this strategy that we have announced we're going to return $20 billion to shareholders over the next three years in the form of share repurchases and dividends. So we are bullish on the future. We're confident in this investment. And like the other strategic investments we've made throughout this pandemic, giving our partners economic certainty, that paid off for us. Trade area transformation, where we repositioned 800 stores in North America, that has paid off for us. The investment we're taking today will also pay for us. No, look, I... 
I thought the quarter itself was good. I favor the investment, but we have to deal with analysts like the Stiefel analysts in a piece called Crouching Margin. Crouching margin, <laughs> hidden earnings did say. I know I mean, the company anticipates offsetting a meaningful portion of the inflation, definitely. But the guy was significantly below the current street consensus. I found it like this, Kevin. You called it; it's an investment year. Now, there's nothing wrong with calling it an investment year. You have to do it in order to be able to beat everybody. But you have to own the fact that you are going to do that, and it is not going to give you the same level of growth that you'll get in 2023. Don't you have to own that? Well, we do own it, but I actually think this accelerates the growth as we get into the out year. Certainly for fiscal year 22, we have some slight margin compression from our typical 18 to 19 percent operating margin range. This year will be 17 percent. We're offsetting much of those investments with productivity in our stores and uh, pricing actions. But there is a slight margin compression. But if we gain this share, Jim, we get operating leverage. We've seen that before. And when we get operating leverage, it's like a slingshot on operating income. So when you look at the future, this really is a a strategic investment for accelerated growth for Starbucks. And it's better to do this investment now as customer mobility is increasing. And and we believe it's the right strategic bet for us to take. We believe in our partners, and we're going to lean in at this point in time. Hey, Kevin, you know, a big part of the Starbucks experience is talking to the barista, uh, but you did mention automated ordering last night. I'm wondering, can you expand on that and sort of give our viewers a sense of at what point would their experience, their normal Starbucks uh, shopping experience, be at a kiosk and not with a human? Yeah, we're not uh, we're not embracing the kiosk concept. You know, certainly the the uh, automated ordering is on our mobile app. And if you look at what we've done digitally, We have created uh, digital customer relationships with nearly 25 million uh, uh, active, 90-day active rewards members in the U.S. and over 17 million active rewards members in China. And those those relationships are personalized. And so that that is uh, playing a role. I think we also mentioned, though, that we have Deep Brew, our artificial intelligence engine, is doing automated inventory management and store ordering. So uh, where we're using artificial intelligence and technology, is to free up our partners from administrative tasks they do in the store so they can spend more time connecting with our customers. You know, and that's why we've seen our customer connection scores continue to go up. In fact, China this last quarter posted a record in their customer connection scores, and the U.S. is up as well. So uh, we're going to continue to be all about that customer connection, and we're going to invest in our partners to ensure we do just that. All right, so Kevin, I mean, I know I, people can say I've been too negative. I didn't even get to talk about the NLRB and Buffalo, people trying to unionize. I do want to focus on growth for a moment. Uh, when I look at the number of, of stores you have in the cities of China, I come back and I say that of the two, you're in 208 cities, there's only 5,360 Starbucks. Uh, in a typical 1 million person city in China, how many Starbucks would there be? Well, I, I don't have that specific number, but I'll tell you this. The, the city in the world that has the most Starbucks in it is Shanghai, China. And so uh, as we're building, you know, we built over 650 net new stores uh, last fiscal year in China. We're going deeper and broader. We're going deeper into cities like Shanghai, and Beijing, and the Tier 1 cities. And we're going broader to, to expand into new cities. And I tell you, we're going to continue to accelerate uh, net new store growth in China. And we can build we can build Starbucks stores in China as fast as we can for the rest of my life 
and still have addressable market to, to, to gain in China. There is that much opportunity, and, uh, and we're, we're in expansion mode. Hey, Kevin, it's David. So what are you seeing right now on the ground in China? Obviously, you cited during the quarter, you know, there were some mitigating effects from COVID. Is it getting better there or is it largely what it was uh, like during the last quarter? No, David, uh, you know, look, we accelerated in the month of September, both in the U.S. and China with same store comparables. And, uh, you know, what we see in China is if we excluded those stores that were impacted by COVID restrictions last quarter, as well as the travel and tourist destination, the core fleet of stores comp positive. And so that's why we believe this is just a transitory uh, Delta variant COVID related uh, situation in China. Uh, you know, look, when we, we partner with the healthcare officials, they shut down a city to, to test and, uh, in, and make sure they've gotten COVID under control. We close stores in that city for a number of days, and that impacts our comp. But you take those impacted stores out and travel and tourist destinations, we comp positive. So very optimistic about uh, the trajectory. And, you know, we've got to just keep working through this dynamic environment related to the, to the COVID virus. All right. So, Kevin, you offer unbelievable benefits. I'm going to point them out. College uh, at Arizona State, a tremendous mental health program that you have, and I salute you with, with Europe. But there are 400,000 partners, and you said on the call, our partners guide this company. Yesterday, the National Labor Relations Board said that it was uh, okay for Buffalo, some people in your Buffalo stores, to unionize. Is this something we should be focused on? I don't know why you should unionize if you have the best best care of any company in your business. But I was shocked to see that there is a movement to unionize individual stores. Yeah, well, Jim, over, for over 50 years now, Starbucks has, has created the success and the experience in our stores by partnering. Uh, and that's why we call everyone a partner. We work together and we collaborate. And uh, that's how we, we solve problems. That's how we evolve. That's how we serve our customers as partners. And so, you know, certainly, uh, you know, we, we disagree with uh, the decision that uh, the NLRB made yesterday, but we're looking at the options and we're going to continue to do what we've always done, which is serve our partners. We know that success is best when shared. And, uh, you know, certainly we're going to stay focused on creating a great experience for them. And we'll see how this unfolds. We, we don't think it is in, uh, you know, in partners' best interest to put a third party in between that relationship that we've always shared, that is grounded in our, our mission, our values, and the culture that, that created this great company. Well, Kevin, I salute you. The 400,000 people are the people who matter great to They're an important stakeholder. And I think that the company, I believe in the 2023, and I believe in investment. Uh, you have to understand some people don't want to take a long-term view. But Kevin Johnson from Starbucks, thank you so much for coming on Squawk on the Street. Thank you. Speaking, guys, of uh, beverages, I did want to update a story uh, um, Bloomberg reported first uh, involving Coke. Uh, It's a private company, Body Armor, although one that we may know well. In fact, I think Kobe Bryant was on this very desk at one point, if I recall, uh, promoting in part uh, something that he was very closely associated with. Um, This company is going to be sold and most likely going to be announced as early as Monday next week. And it's a significant price tag. Now, Coke already owns 30 percent of Body Armor. I think they had 15 percent, then they got another 15 by hitting certain incentives. But they're going to pay about $5.6 billion, according to what I'm hearing, for the 70 percent that they don't own. So, again, uh, overall value for the company of roughly $8 billion. 
uh, dollars for body armor. A great success for, of course, those that were behind it. We'll put Coke in a position at least to perhaps compete more effectively with a beverage that does seem to have some traction against Pepsi's Gatorade. Right. Um, and just wanted to uh, get that out there. And a big overall number for a, again, a private company, uh, but nonetheless an important foray for Coke into this particular area, sports uh, drinks. I think that's right. Ramon LaGuardia, the CEO of PepsiCo, has made this area, the real, this G, G2, a lot of the uh, really great drinks to have while you're trying to have electrolytes. That's been PepsiCo focus. So I think this is a good defensive move by Coca-Cola. All right. Uh, got, yeah, got some decent uh, analyst coverage in the wake of the earnings earlier yeah, in the week. That was a great quarter. Uh, we did get Chicago PMI a few moments ago. 68.4 uh, for October is a beat. Oh, uh, man. Estimate was 63.5. Prior was uh, 64.7. Prices paid, though, 42-year high wow. at 94.3. But that will make the banks go higher. Yep. They'll turn here. Here's a look at the 10-year note, uh, back above 1.6. And the Dow hanging on to some mild gains here, up 38. Don't go away. As we said earlier, final trading day of the month. Take a look at the best S&P gainers so far. There's Enphase, uh, Teradyne, interesting. Uh, double upgrade yesterday. Tesla, of course, Union Pacific, as it's all about moving stuff around the country. Yes. By the way, you can get in on the new CNBC Investing Club with Kramer. Sign up, find out a lot more at cnbc.com slash investing club, or just use the QR code on your screen. More Squawk on the Street in just a moment. Jim, what's on Matt tonight? Yeah, well, first remarkable show. I'm proud to be with you guys. We really covered a lot. Uh, I've got Dow tonight, Jim Fiddling. I think that we must talk endlessly about saving the planet. I don't think there's anything wrong with having a mission. And uh, Jim Fiddling's a great spokesman for a company that's really trying to change things. So look forward to it. They make a lot of plastic. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I mean, it's like that's true. It's just funny. I mean, my I daughter said, the post my daughter said there's yeah. an island in the Pacific that's got Dow's name on it, and it's an island of plastic bottles. And I think that Jim has good answers to that. And it's, by the way, it's how people use it. I don't know. It's look, it's philosophical. Yep. Plant trees, everyone, please. Plant a tree this weekend. That's what Benioff would say. Uh, we'll see you tonight. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.